Fuck pain, fuck heartbreak. I'm still in love with life. From the multicultural headquarters of the future capital of the free-thinking state of America known as Los Angeles, this is the Drunken Dows Podcast. Tonight, in a flash, baseball's back to spring has sprung and vaccines are in the air as a fresh Rich and Bellelli episode is here to guide you through the season. With an exploration of the vast difficulties a species known for communication skills has getting the message across without misinformation getting in the way. As well as Stanley Tucci exploring Italy, which is awesome. Here we go! And now, asking you all to spread the words that corporations are not persons, I'm Rich Evers. And my partner in crime, the savage philosopher and middle finger of the gods, Daniele Bolelli. As we invite you to lower the lights, batten down the hatches, and prepare to open your mind. For the Drunken Dows podcast begins now. Dun, 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 as the wind blows. Welcome back, everybody, to another fine episode of the Drunken Dows podcast, episode 197. Again, at the secret location in Ojai, California, as the wind gently blows on a beautiful March day. Daniele Bellelli across from me as always. Hello, my friend. Hello, hello. Thank you for making the drive to be here today. Very much appreciated. As far as drives go, it's one of the most pleasant ones you can have. Good. I'm glad about that. That's very cool. Shall we get the ball rolling, thanking some sweet folks? That's the best idea I've heard all day. Let's say thank you to Shore Design T-Shirts and their sister website, Hiram Pants. <laughs> Those guys are fantastic. They have been supporting us for the longest time. They made our own T-Shirts. They, they are awesome. Check out if you are... <laughs> Want to check out some cool clothing? Check out those websites. They're in the episode notes. With your accent, it sounds like a guy named Harum is uh, making the pants. Is that what it is? Yeah, nice little Jewish kids. Got please, uh, please. Uh, Harum. Thank you. Very cool. No, it's just, it was just on the edge, but it just made me giggle. Yeah, I mean, my <laughs> accent is something else. We don't know It's that. fantastic. Wait till you hear these accents on the Stanley Tucci show. <laughs> Uh, thank you to grasslandbeef.com <laughs> for providing us with some of their awesome products. So if you, before you go grocery shopping, check out Grassland Beef, see if they have some of the stuff you're looking for, because the quality is fantastic. Thank you also to zebraathletics.com uh, that provide for a homemade dojo that I have in the garage. They have fantastic mats. So if you're thinking of getting a mat for home for either yoga or, I mean, our Heavy duty yoga, let's Hell put yeah. it that way. You don't need just the little yoga you may have mat. Just invented you something. More, I Full think. Full contact yoga. Yeah, either for jujitsu or for sinks. Like um, if you lift weights and you want to put your weights on the ground, you don't want to smash your floor or something. Having the mats is always nice. But yeah, check out zebraathletics.com. They are awesome. And of course, thank you to um, oh. Winery or sellers rather, materawines.com. Both of those guys have sent me some fantastic wines over time. Deeply, deeply appreciated. So check them out. Let's also say thank you to the sweet folks. You know, it's funny. It's like, I think 
oddly enough, I think it's like over time, our audience may have, uh, I don't know if it's really dwindled, but definitely in the way they kept the statistics, they changed ways a couple of years back to keep statistics and pretty much across the board, all podcasts were less in numbers than they were before. Because I, I think um, there was a moment where if you just touch the url yeah the if you now you gotta get them. a certain yeah exactly like, they gotta listen to 30 percent where you get counted or something but like some sweet people are supporting the show as much if not more than before so that's always appreciated so let's say thank you to let the pottering begin Yanni Linnima, Luis Peschera, Clayton Payne, Aaron Weisner, Austin Stilwell, uh, Jesse Rantakangas, Christopher Parcel, Jonathan Waterloo, Stephen McKees, Ross Cranham, Frederick Hahn, Judith Evind, I think, I don't know, Christopher Gronlund, sorry, Judith, I don't know how to pronounce your last name, uh, Nick Zunik, Lisa Robles, Aistis Juska, John Vergara, Gregory Richman, Thomas Robinson, Nicola Togni, Benj... Oh, Jesus Christ, Benjamin, I'm so sorry. How the fuck do I pronounce your last name? Um, Rich, help me out. Give us the spelling. W-I-E-N-E-N. E-N-E-N? Weinen? Weinen? Wein? I don't know. I have no idea. So, Benjamin, thank you. And sorry for <laughs> murdering your last name. Uh, Brett Silvera, Samuele Rudelli, Jeffrey Hill, Robert Primus, Marcus Eurola, Diane Lynch, Jim D'Amico, Froggy Style Productions. Wow! That's granted. We haven't recorded in a while and we haven't done the donation list, but that's a long list, much longer than probably ever. So, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, thank you. If you want to join this brave band of heroes who support us, um, that's always appreciated. There's paypal.me forward slash bbolelli, again, that's paypal.me forward slash the letter B and B-O-L-E-L-L-I. Or you can support us by using our Amazon link. You are buying stuff on Amazon anyway, might as well go through our link, it helps us out. dbamazing.com, again, the letter D, the letter B, amazing.com. And with that, I think we got the ball rolling. There we go! Yeah, yeah, yeah. More money than the pharaohs, though. Yeah. So yeah, I did. I did uh, eight and a half hours for Jeff Bezos again yesterday. So I did my calculation. He's doing a little better this week. So he made seventy-one point four million dollars in the eight and a half hours I was out. I think we should start a GoFundMe. It's oh, also gross. I don't know. I I just see so many people trapped because of health insurance. Once again, every time you look, why would somebody do this terrible job? Yeah. I need the insurance, man. Well, I mean, that's we, one of the problems with. Uh, with the system we are in, despite the fact that, again, you know, quality of life in U.S. is certainly better than... Special guest appearance. Azog. It's a shame he's not cute. <laughs> Asshole dog. Oh, man. Clearly, quality of life is better here than in Bangladesh in terms of uh, pretty much everything. You know, the fact that you have hot water in the house, the fact that you have, you know, a lot of things that even unless you're homeless, even the poorest among us has access to, those are pretty cool, sweet things. That's for sure. On the other hand, we do, you know, the fact that the level of depression is so insanely high, 
in the modern affluent western world it's uh, and affluent you know so to speak because clearly there are a lot of people who are not in a situation you know where barely paycheck to paycheck and no medical insurance and so i don't know how affluent that is you know it's like yeah compared to yeah you have hot water in the house that's sweet but you still are not mm. and spend every night worried about yeah how we're going to cover this exactly and i think part of the problem with that is that yeah i mean any if you live in a system where people all they do is worry about where their next paycheck is coming from and how they are going to pay for bills yep. there's a problem there especially if it's supposed to be a successful system if it's supposed to be something that you herald as look at how wonderful this is it's like well if it's wonderful then it should actually work in ways that benefit and it is wonderful for the guys up on the top of the hill. Yeah, so it's a, it's a tricky business. It's definitely a tricky business because it's um, especially, you know, and you've seen it with COVID. You know, some people have had no problem. I mean, fuck, I've had no problem with COVID for me. Yeah. You know, in terms of uh, I was lucky to have a gig that was not affected by COVID. I was able to do everything online. So from my point of view, financially, it was one of those cases where I pick uh, the good lottery ticket. I, I got lucky. Yeah. But a ton of other people did not. Can and you imagine? have been royally fucked by what happened in the last year or some. So it's, what do you do? Is that they are less, are they less smart than me or less worthy than me? No, that's not it at all. That's not because I played my hand so brilliantly and or it's because I got lucky. You know, I ended up with a something that was not affected by COVID. I could have had a great business plan about something that was an in-person business and that would have been fucked for yep. no fault of my own. So and what's is, really uh, difficult is you have this whole faction that want to blame people that wanted to slow things down that somehow they have wronged them. Mm-hmm. And the teams are becoming even more separated and they don't realize, I mean, it's it's the classic apartheid system. You keep these people separated so sure. that they think everybody else is the enemy. Yeah. Voila. And also, I think there's something at play that's actually is vaguely where I want to go with it today. I don't have a super strict plan on the, where the conversation goes, but something I feel that certain we'll stumble into something. Something that has been on my mind a lot today. And not just today, the last uh, couple of weeks, I would say, is really boils down to communication. Now, this is a topic that I care about always, not just the last couple of weeks, but I've been noticing a lot more lately where I just notice how the, the room for miscommunication and the way in which people seem to not understand each other and in the process of not understanding each other, magnify the difference of their arguments and get in more aggressive confrontation. Even be, when they're almost in, they, they don't realize they're so close to being in agreement. Yes. That they look for this molecule of difference and, and, and glom onto that. I, I hear you completely because there's no better. Just start from your, your base relationship with your mm -hmm. main partner. Uh, Gretchen and I joke that we may actually communicate successfully the real message 37% of the time. Now, yeah. the half of the rest of that, luckily, the miscommunication falls into a long way. But there is a good 12 to 14 percent where somebody doesn't hear what you communicated or you said it wrong or something. And all of a sudden, whoa, differences. Yeah, man. It's, <laughs> and that's, know, that's people you know and you're around all the time. You know, there's that scene in uh, Lord of the Rings mm -hmm. 
where they are at the Council of Elrond and they start talking and they're all trying, you know, they're all there for the same reason. They're all there to make sure... Sauron dies. Exactly. This evil fuck is not going to screw up all of Middle-earth. So we are all in agreement. Yeah. Except within about three seconds and you start seeing, and it's brilliant the way it's shot because it shows like them beginning to argue over minor stuff. Then the stuff is not so minor. And then, and you see the ring... And you see, and you hear this like, like the voice mm -hmm. of the ring that's sending this message out. Yep. And before you know it, everybody's arguing with one another. And I mean, if you are so inclined, I understand people who, uh, who uh, whether metaphorically or not, come up with these ideas of like the devil or things like that, where there's a force outside of you. Like, because there are two questions. When you see that happening, you can either argue human beings are just pretty fucking stupid oh and that's just how it is and or there's also something outside of us that does not help there's an energy out there's some dark energy out there that's push people in unpleasant directions when you could turn when you could zig or zag it gives you a push to go this way no, go this a way bad thing. now of course this could be 101% metaphor, or who the hell do I know? I don't know how the universe works. So for all I know, there could be some. But the point is, it does feel that way. You know, whether, even if we take it purely on metaphor status, it does feel like there's something out there that's seen to be, and again, it could be just our own internal stupidity, something in our psychology that's a little tweaked the wrong way, but something that makes human beings take the wrong turn more often than not. And when it comes to communication, yep. I see it all the time. I'll give you an example. This was an interesting one because I, it was so clear cut to me, so obvious that I was like, whoa, this is trippy. <laughs> um, by the time we release this, and it should be too long after we record it, so it should be yeah, fairly close. Yeah, but, you know, in recent days, there was the shootout at the massage parlor and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And there are many things to say about that, but that's not where we're going. The point is, at one point, one thing that I brought up was, uh, one thing I mentioned was the idea that clearly religions and philosophies that have uh, push heavily the idea of shaming people for their sexuality yep. have done an untold amount of damage to humanity in ways that are hard to even put together. And why do you think those decisions were made? What were they possible to do? Is this more of a power grab? Now, that seemed like a pretty straightforward statement, right? Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. Within three, there are two different responses that I thought were interesting. I mean, beside the people who get it and they are cool with it and stuff. Yeah. Or the people who disagree, there's the one where there is no misunderstanding. It's we are a very different values and we're not going to get along. Because yep. there's the person who's like comes out and say, I think we don't have enough shame. I think we should, uh, you know, the culture of the last 50 years has gone to hell because we should go back to the good days. The of, good old uh, days. And I'm like, okay, we do understand each other. There's a very clear understanding. We just have completely different values. And what we consider healthy, what I consider healthy, and what you consider healthy are 180 degrees apart. So, yeah, we get it. But no, we don't get along. And could you imagine being that person? No, that just escaped me. But, you know, that 
But that's because they were shamed and their grandparents shamed their parents. And yeah, but for down. some reason, they feel good with it. That's a model it's that a, they... It's not just ingrained somewhere in them. Is they want to embrace that. They they proudly wave that flag. I'll never get it, man. Second to... I mean, third... Thirst, hunger. Mm-hmm. Sex has to be next, right? Right. Yeah, don't get me started. It's like, the way that, we're wired. That it's shit. the way we are designed. And even some of these... You know, these moments you get where everybody's so uncomfortable. Was it Sophia Loren who recently said, if people don't touch an ass once in a while, we'll go extinct? <laughs> that's funny. But yeah, I mean, that... And, and where uh, we're going. So that's a whole other discussion of yeah, just I'm people... Sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> but no, but I raised it, right? So there's no, I'm sorry. You're absolutely right. I mean, that's exactly where it just blows my mind. But it's a whole... Like the part that freaks me out more though, because that one freaks me out in... Uh, I guess depends on which day I, how I wake up, I can flip a coin and decide which one is going to freak me out more, you know? Like that one, of course, freak me out and is worthy of plenty of conversation in and of itself. But the other part that freaked me out more this time was the not intentional, not willful, but complete misunderstanding of a statement that could not be any clearer, you know? Where within three seconds, you have people who are like, so you're saying uh, all religions is shit and uh, atheism is the way to go. And I'm like, I'm sorry, time out. Let's it, go back it, to what I just said. Read the sentence one more time. Yeah. Religions and philosophies that have, and philosophies, by the way, so forget the atheism thing. I'm not just arguing on it. <laughs> I'm not saying all of religion is shit. I'm saying those those ideological currents, whether religious or philosophical, that have pushed people toward feeling shame over their own sexuality, have done tremendous damage. How the fuck do you read that statement and go from there to, oh, you are uh, you're saying that all religion is evil? I'm like, what are you even talking about? It's like, how do you? And if it's one person. You know, you think, okay, well, there's always that guy, right? But when you see it as a pattern, when you see a consistent minority of people will misinterpret the statement under those lights, I'm like, huh, there really is, like, my thought there, and please tell me what you think on that, but... Um, yeah. (laughs) Or or actually, please tell me what you think, and then I'll run with it. Well, just right off the top, I mean, when you you think about, and I'm just going to go Catholics, just for fun. Sure. They will shame you, dare you touch your dick as a teenager, what are you doing, you're going to hell for sure. I find that what we do is we jump super quick from a specific issue, specific statement, to generalization on the topic Mm -hmm. right where the jump is uh such and such religion or philosophy or whatever the hell does this thing that has a pretty bad impact right away right from there it becomes well in that case that in the entirety of that religion is shit from that case becomes all of the religions are shit and i don't even know we can jump probably with further generalization to me it's like how about we don't do that how about we stick to the one specific claim made and address how that affects life one way or another? Because I think that, and, in, and I'm trying to figure out why, and I have theories, but they are easy on this. It's like, why do we jump from the very specific, which is a situation, it's an actionable thing, you know what I mean? It's like, it's something where, okay, what should we do about this issue type of stuff? Mm-hmm. 
Sudan claims that are more ideological, that are about, oh, those guys are like these. No, it's these guys who are like these and then argue back and forth about more abstract systems. My feel is, and it's the same about politics, right? It's like rather than saying, uh, should we legalize sex work or not? Let's look at the pros and cons. Okay, that's a very actionable argument, right? Yeah. One way or another, you look at it pragmatically and you figure out what's the right thing to do, what's the best balance. Clear-cut argument. <laughs> rather than that, it becomes... Uh, our team is pushing a certain philosophical worldview. The other team is pushing another philosophical worldview. You guys are stupid because of this. No, you guys are... And it becomes something that's more about the themes waving their flag rather yeah. than about the specific issues. And to me, it's like, I don't give a fuck what ideology you subscribe to. I don't care what philosophy you subscribe to. I don't care what... At the end of the day, do we agree that this is the right thing to do? Let's look at the evidence. Do you see it any different? Do you see the outcome turning out differently if we use that piece of evidence? I don't care about labels or ideology or anything. It's like, does this make life better or not? For a lot of people, it makes their life better. But for, for those that, well, I would never participate in such a thing. So that's got to be evil and we can't have that. And, and it's a slippery slope, sir, once you start allowing well, this. And that's what I'm saying. In fact, there will be the arguments with the guy, with the mister, we should instill more shame. That's our problem today. Yeah. Yeah, we're not going to agree. We can have a perfect clear cut communication and we are not going to agree. Right. But my thing is like so much of our communication devolve into something that really has nothing to do with the issue at hand where it just becomes, uh, I was talking with somebody right before you arrived and um, it was hilarious, man. This is a smart guy and was uh, clearly coming from a Jewish background and, you know, making very good arguments about lots of things. And suddenly, you know, we're talking about religious violence and we're like, oh, you know, Islamic fundamentalist violence, terrible. Yes, we agree. Um, even secular violence, Chinese uh, government, terrible. Hitler, terrible. Stalin, terrible. Uh, Moses ordering the massacre of 3,000 fellow Jews. No, that was perfectly justified. And he's like... <laughs> really? And that's where we're not arguing in good faith, my man. And, the, and, the, and, and it becomes that... You didn't even get to the that, Palestinian issue. <laughs> and then it becomes that, yeah, don't even get started there. That's not even like... But even something as rockets, blatant man. as, okay. you know, is like, what is it? When everybody else commits a massacre is evil, when my boys commit it. Well, there were very specific good reasons for why it would have made sense at that time. It had to be done. To me, that's... That's the shit that ideology creates, you know, where suddenly the same thing you just condemned in one context, suddenly it's perfectly clear depending on who's doing it. Now it's your guys, now it's perfect. How about we call shit shit regardless of who's doing it? How about we just... And that's the feeling that I get, that if we get to this level of, I mean, never mind when you insert um, the identity element in it, which this is clearly an example of, you know, where people have their own identity touched on suddenly it's like, oh, they will bend over backwards to justify things they were ready to condemn when everybody else was doing. <laughs> but even when it's like, it seems to be that generalizations which are obviously useful to life because we cannot be talking just about specific things all the time right, right. sometimes you have to generalize and say well i see a trend here and, and go to a wider picture 
But more often than not, they end up breeding stereotypes. They end up breeding whether they are racial stereotypes, whether they are whether they are political, whether they are religious, whether they are whatever the fuck. It ends up being about talking about these big systems rather than talking about the individual in front of you or the issue in front of you. And I find that the big systems are too amorphous because they contain so many elements that you may be 100% right in talking about uh, 70% of that political um, ideology or that religion or that whatever, and somebody else uses the same label, but is really talking about 50% where 20 you touched on, but the other 30 you don't, and you end up talking about different things. And that's why to me, you can have, uh, you know, Bernie, as in Bernie Sanders, and uh, people who argue, yay, socialism is great, look at Bernie, and somebody else who say, what are you talking about? That's like Stalin. And he's like, uh, no. Those are two different things. Let's look at the practical stuff. Let's look at the policy. Let's look at where it leads to, you know? And it's like, and that's, I think, is my problem with generalizations that people hear a word and suddenly they run with the 10,000 associations that they have with that word. And they completely ignore everything else that's been said or everything else they are actually talking about. That's why if you say, any idea, religious or not, that has instilled shame in people regarding sex is probably not the healthiest and has caused some damage. Somebody here, sex. did he say religion? Did he say religion? He said religion bad, didn't he? He's saying all religions are evil. And he's like, oh, Jesus Christ. No, that's not where we went. Let's take it back 32 steps. Let's start again from step one. And it's painful enough to do in one-on-one conversation when the conversation is not with somebody in front of you, where you can, through body language, through immediate tweaking the dialogue, you can stir it in a different direction and hopefully lead to better understanding. Yep. All you've done is light the fuse. Yeah. When it involves a bunch of people, it's almost like anything you are going to say is bound to be taken in ways that are obviously not what you said. And that seems to be the pattern to me. And it's like, and it makes me wonder what the hell is it about the human psyche that makes what we are supposedly good at communication, which is one of the things that separate from most animals in the sense that we have a more sophisticated way of communicating. Why are we so bad at it? Well, we communicate, but the message is rarely received completely. Yeah, that seems... It's, you know, a lot of fucking billboards out there, a lot of advertisements day and night. But what are we actually saying? Right. Buy, obey. It's, I don't know, man. It seems unfixable, but for certain, you could say anything. Apples are nice. And there'll be 8% for that. Well, my tooth broke off an apple. I'm allergic. Sure. So you can't, you can't even say the simplest thing. The sky is blue. Well, it's actually more of, there's always, everybody's always ready sure. to return service with some sort of, well, when you actually, you know, technically, there's always some, yeah, and that's for the simplest things. Yeah, and that's where I think in some way, because that's the nature of communication, bringing it back down to the simplest possible terms 
is actually far from being a dumbing down of communication. That's to me is rising up communication because ultimately communication only works as long as everybody involved understand what the hell they are talking about. Yep. And you want to get a lot of fancy words in there to, to muck things up. Yeah. So you need to bring it back to a place where it's like, can we turn this into positive action? If you can, you're still communicating effectively. Yep. If you have lost people by that point, well, then communication has gone by the wayside and something else is needed. And so to me, since I keep talking about, you know, actionable things, to me, the actionable thing when it comes to communication is try to avoid generalizations like the plague. And it's hard because our whole world is built on that. And that's what we do. That's what you know every three seconds like i find myself inclined. well generally speaking of course and you are gonna start <laughs> taking something that you have seen that's true in this one instance i've seen it through in 50 other instances so i'm just gonna use a word that capture well that one philosophy that one religion those people are like this and before you know it it's like okay you open the door to stereotype 101 and now we are in is it just a war of opinions that we're so ingrained that our opinions are correct no matter what, that we're not willing to even give a moment's notice to, to a new piece of information or a new idea? That's why, to me, in that sense, ideology is always, it's always a disease, whereas ideas are interesting as long as they produce results. So right. to me, I, I take an extremely pragmatic approach to communication is... Where is this leading us? Can we, we both, and I think that's the standard approach to any kind of communication is, you know, you want your kids to grow up healthy, you want to eat good food, you want to have a long, healthy life, that kind of shit. That's what pretty much all human beings want. How do we do it? What are some strategies that work? Okay, do we agree at some point that maybe that strategy worked for you and not for me and we respect that, that you can do your thing, I can do mine as long as it doesn't put somebody else in danger, out, you know, as long as your personal choices are not fucking up other people. Um, in the cases where we decide not simply to agree to disagree and you can do your thing, I can do mine, what are things that collectively can... And in that sense, if the approach is purely pragmatic, then there's no point in arguing back and forth philosophically about shit. It's really about, you know, I don't agree. Let's try it out real quick. Let's see how that experiment works. Or let's look at a place where more people want to do that. Let's see how that experiment works over there. And then let's draw our conclusion. Uh, is the outcome what we want? Yes, no. Well, if we just disagree on the quality of the outcome, like Mr. Uh, we shouldn't steal shame in sex guy, well, then, okay, then we have a problem of deep philo deep disagreement about what we consider healthy. But otherwise, it's like, you know, I'm uh, against sex work because I think is uh, demeaning and is bad for people, blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, that's your personal opinion. That's fine. Nobody's asking you to do it. And who knows, maybe they're, I'm not even getting into your right, your wrong. It's like, Okay, since it's going to exist anyway, what are, what's the best way to take the worst aspect of what you see as sex work? Do we agree that the exploitation of people involved and the violence and that stuff is probably the worst aspect of the whole dynamic? If we agree, how can we try to limit that part? 
let's look at strategies. Let's look at people that have legalized. Let's look at people that have decriminalized. Let's look at where you have the death penalty for it. Let's look at, you know, everything from one side of the spectrum to another. What's the outcome? Is there reducing or increasing the amount of violence and trouble involved for everybody there? And then go with that. So in that sense, it's not ideological. It's not like, oh, you're an evil fascist. Oh, you are a free-loving communist shit. It's like, who cares? Those are abstract terms. You know, they don't mean anything. You're, waking, you're making way too much sense. How, 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 how could we possibly get away with making these sensible ideas work? Well, and to me, that's the same thing even, you know, because I like the fact that you started bringing it as a interpersonal communications with people you like. Yeah. Not even at this level, not even politics or religion, just people you like in your own household now half of the time. I mean, if you look at most arguments between people in their own family, half yeah. of the time are over bullshit, over really just misunderstanding of where somebody was coming from, yep. of just somebody expressing themselves poorly. Somebody was or, in a bad mood, didn't want to hear that at the moment. Yeah. On another day when it mattered. Yeah, it's tough with people you love. When uh, you're dealing with folks that, I don't know, sometimes I don't think they even want to hear. Like, if you're talking about bigger ideas, how do we help everybody? How do we keep, you know, in anything? Once you are like, well, if we do that, that how's that going to affect me? Oh, wait, are you going to be trying to take something from me? Because I've got this set up, I don't need it messed with anymore. Shields up, or well, but even that, that you know, it just doesn't seem possible, right? Yeah, that's the more political level, right? But as you said rightly, like that interpersonal one with the people who are on board, with your family, with people you love, and so on. I think is real key to boil down communication to. Where is this going to lead? So-and-so responded a little bit snarky. Mm -hmm. Do I want to respond snarky back? Because it feels like, fuck you, why, why did you say that? Yeah, and we know where that goes. Yeah, so it's like, that's why I think we said it in the past. It's like, it's to me, super important within among people you really like to almost go overboard at how much you reassure them of the fact that you're on their side, that you love them, that you have their back, that you care about them, that it doesn't fucking matter one little thing said differently. It's like it's, and if anything that you precisely because you are in a context where you love each other, you drop defenses and you show vulnerability. If somebody says something that hurts you, it's like, hey man, I'm not mad at you, but these kind, you see how that would come a little harsh on me, that, that doesn't feel so good. Mm-hmm. And really kind of trying to bring it back to a level of remember that place where we like each other and we agree with each other about what we want out of life kind of thing. And I don't, I can't emphasize that enough because to me so much of it is like, okay, what's the outcome we're trying to achieve? We are in the same, to me it's the same with kids. It's like, look, you want to be healthy? You want to be happy. I want you to be healthy and happy. We are on the same team. We just have to figure out strategy. That's all. And if you can prove me that the strategy you are advocating that I think is bullshit works, I'll change my mind in 0.2 seconds. Just show me that it works. You know, I'm not attached to my way or I don't give a fuck about my, it's not, again, it's not an ideological argument. It's let's see what works. Period. Plain and simple. Hmm. 
And so I think it's... Do, do we need a new language? Do in we need some a coding way, system? Do we need emojis to go along with things that, that, that give further explanation to what we're trying to say? Right. I don't know how anything would help, especially with the, with the, the position you started with. That's going to set people off. There's nothing you can do about it. And I really think step one is to make it a priority. And I'm not even talking about people out there. I'm talking about myself, or I think each one of us need to do it, is to really try to avoid generalizations like the plague and be, because it's, because we're conditioned to do it, because, you know, everything around us has done it all our life, because that's how, you know, ev every other discussion turned into that. So try not to do that. I do that, like, Oddly enough, a case when it works out very successfully for me has been when I teach uh, history of religions. Because mm -hmm. the first time I taught history of religions, after I prepared the course, took me forever to get it done, approved and everything, I was like, what the fuck did I get myself into? What's They're the gonna... approval process on that like? It was painful because it's a lot of bureaucracy and red tape. You have to put together the syllabus and the syllabus need to be approved. And then you need to go to this committee. And then, especially when it's... Um, and this is because it was a new course. You know, it hadn't been taught at the school I was teaching it at. So that process is painful. But even when I finally got it done and I'm like, yay, now I'm about to teach it. I was like, oh my God, what did I get myself into? People argue about everything. Religion is one of the most sensitive topics out there. They're going to knife each other in my class and I'm going to be in the middle of it. Or worse <laughs> yet, I'm going to say something that they are all going to want to knife. Throwing stars. <laughs> How did it go? And one thing that I found incredibly useful was having a first day discussion where the argument is, look, Christianity, Judaism, Buddhism, Taoism, Islam don't exist. Those are not real things. Okay, there is, take Christianity, there are 30,000 denominations of Christianity. Gay Christians and anti-gay Christians, super liberal, super conservative. One, find any topic on earth and you're going to find Christians who argue one way and the opposite. The only thing they all agree is Jesus is cool. That's it. And even on that, they don't agree about what Jesus represented. And, and, and definitely don't follow his teachings quite that way. <laughs> so do you have some that do, some that don't. It's like everything, right? So yeah. my point is saying Christian or Buddhist or Muslim or whatever the hell doesn't mean shit you know like the actual the generalization what it captures is a tiny time somebody will, will think jesus is cool uh somebody you know there's a very everything else we attach to it is due to your particular experience what you think those guys are like and anytime you use that term generalizing about those guys are like this you are inevitably ignoring the zillions of examples that don't fit in that definition. Somebody else is gonna come with their experience, which is completely different. And again, you're using the same words, but you're talking about completely different things. And you're arguing over shit that's not really, that's not real. Because it's just meanings that you have touched to word, but except that you're using the words with completely different meanings attached to them. So it's yeah. like, that's, and how does communication exist in that situation? So my point in there is like, look, sometime we are going to generalize and talk about Christianity, this and Islam, this and Buddhism, that. But all it means, all it means is that for a certain period of time, 
more mainstream forms of people who attach that label to themselves have gone in a certain direction. That's it. That's as far as it goes. He's not saying that there aren't 10,000 exceptions. If somebody say Christianity was like this or is like this, main, you may identify as 101% Christian and may have nothing to do with you what you're saying because your values do not fit where that particular historical experience has gone. So relax, it's not a personal attack. And so that idea of separating, like, look, these terms, for one, they don't really mean that much. And when we use them, you are at best capturing a stereotype that's about with some truth to it. That's about it. That's nothing more than that. There are more exceptions than rules about any of that. For some reason, seem to work. People seem to take this shit a lot less personal in those cases. Now, I'm sure there are going to be exceptions to that as well, where people will take it personal. But for more, considering the minefield that that topic could be, yeah. having this as a prerequisite, do we all like, do we understand each other on that point? Seem to make the entire conversation afterwards flow way easier. Well, plus you're doing the history of religion, so y'all weren't around back then anyway. So this is how it kind of played out. Yeah, but even that, you know how it is. People are still arguing. I mean, like the dude I was telling you about is like he's talking about shit that probably never even happened. But if it did happen, it would have been 3,000 years ago. And he's talking about like it's his mom or something. That So people attach meaning and identity to stuff that obviously has nothing to do with them. And even in those arguments, to me, it's like, okay. You are stuck in your own ideological thing, I'm whatever, I think I'm not, but who knows, maybe I am too. The point is, where does that lead us? You know, what does, when we get out of here, how do you behave toward the people you run into? How do you can, and really bringing it back down to actionable steps. It's like, do we agree that killing people because they have different ideas is probably not a healthy thing? Okay, good, we're good. Doesn't matter what your ideology is, what mine is, we're good there, right? Okay, let's take it in others. Let's see what are the things that we can agree on actionably. To me, that's what it boils down on. You know, to me, that's where uh, that's where human communication, which is written with 10,000 pitfalls and potential problems, where you can start what is the verb that you use for when you take a mine and you make it non-operative anymore? You diffuse it. Diffuse it. Thank you. For some reason, it was coming to me in Italian. I was like, disinnescare una mina. I was like, what the hell? Diffuse it. Diffuse it. That's a good one. <laughs> That's what it's about. Because to me, so much of communication is every other word you say, there are five minds that you throw out there. And maybe you didn't mean it that way. But somebody else will will take it that way. And at that point, that mind is real. Whether you meant it that way or not, it yep. may not be your fault, but it is what it is, right? And so to find all the ways to dance around it, to diffuse, thank you, that <laughs> mind is both difficult and unfortunately the only thing you can do with communication unless you just want to live with your dogs up a mountain unabomber style you know just like fuck everybody it's too much work it's too hard and that's not any fun no that's not any fun either so it's um i understand that mentality though because it is fucking tiring it is exhausting to be 
and in that sense, I'm interested in some way about using language, you know, stuff that's entertaining, stuff that's fun, stuff that's, or stuff that's actionable, stuff that's like, how do we solve this pragmatic problem? Let's look at various options and let's go, let's, any of them that promise to work, let's try it. Or let's look at somebody who has tried it and see what the outcome is, you know? Anything else? All the ideological ones, all the more, like the more it gets to be abstract rather than very practical, the more we got a problem. Do you think we're just trapped at this point? Is it more of a, a Tower of Babel situation with there's so many ideas and opinions out there that you'll never find, maybe even enough to get any sort of majority together or anything major? Do we need a terrible crisis? Do we need an asteroid or an alien invasion to unite humanity? Well, is that, and then in the books I've always read, once the, once the crisis is over, we'll fall right back into our course, places anyway. Yeah. And I mean, maybe it's just not possible here on this. Yeah. I think there's the human tendency to like our ability to run in our minds a lot is both a blessing and a curse. Yeah. Because when you have some concrete shit to take care of, there are only so many paths you can take. And some of them are terrible and some of them are good. It's like, if you got to feed your family now, okay, what can we do? What's the strategy to bring food on the table? It's not a philosophical discussion. It's not abstract. It's not ideology. It's not anything. It's food in our stomach now. How do we get it done? Yeah. How do we get it done in a way that's the least assholish possible or damaging to others? Not only because Maybe you choose you don't want to live that way because whatever principle makes you feel good, but also because then, oh, you just screwed over these guys or are going to come after you tomorrow. So even from a self-interest point of view, may not be the best strategy. Yep. That's a practical discussion. All the other stuff, once you start getting into all the isms, so to speak, all the philosophical, religious, whatever the fuck bullshit is, it's like, look, I don't want to hear about the theory. Show me how it works. Does it help or doesn't it? That's what it boils down to. You know, it's the same like the beauty of martial arts is that people will do this shit in martial arts as well and they will come up with these ultra complicated theories and it's like, okay, step on the mat. I'm going to punch you. Show me that you <laughs> evade it well. <clears throat> it works. Great. I may or may not want to hear about a theory. Maybe I will because I'm a nerd or maybe I still don't care. I just want to show me how it's done. But if it doesn't work, then shut the fuck up. Because yeah. there's no point to it's all this stuff. It's at that point. Yeah, it's like, just <laughs> shut up. There's no point. You're wasting breath, you know? They are useless words. That's kind of my... I'm sure there's a lot more that we could do in terms of tweaks to communication. But that's to me is an extremely important one to try to reduce how much we rely on generalization, bring it back to practical, actionable level. And that's on a more global level. And on a interpersonal level with people you like is really put the accent on what binds you together? The emotion, like the fact that you love each other, the fact that you care for each other, the fact that you want this person's best no matter what, the fact that all of that, you know? We've been considering uh, implementing joke flags and sarcasm flags. Yeah. So in the room, sarcasm. Yeah. Joke could save. <laughs> right. Could save in a lot of situations when things get, you said, what? 
Yeah, in fact, in that sense, like I'm a, <laughs> that would work on social media, that, wouldn't it? Yeah, this is something that we even talked about before. If you recall, like one thing that we are saying was like so many people spend their days kind of like joking, teasing, haha, it's funny, but really having these put downs on each other. Mm-hmm. And we understand their jokes and we still take them to some degree at heart. And yeah. so it's like, really see how people respond to what you say. Really see if it leaves any debris behind that can turn into something or not. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Something mean followed up by just joking doesn't make it less mean. You know, I was thinking for a little bit of this. I was thinking that there's something about uh, Italian culture that maybe I carry on with me that I'm like, oh, maybe that's an Italian thing. Because like I, I'm ridiculously ultra affectionate in the way I talk to Is or Savannah or something. I'm just like a million times a day trying to... Make sure they know how much you love them? Yeah, yeah. big time. And, uh, but then I realized even that's not really, I mean, yeah, it may be a little more than the standard American thing, but like I was talking, I was on uh, Zoom with an Italian friend and then uh, Savannah called. And so I said, hey, can you come one second? And I just picked up, say two things quickly and then hang up. And, and he was like, Jesus Christ, what the hell is that? I was like, why? He's like, uh, oh, hey, sweetie, uh, I love you so much. Okay, I can't wait to see you, blah, blah, blah. He's like, Damn, is that how you talk all the time? And I'm like, yeah, kind of. <laughs> That's pretty much how I talk all the time. <laughs> and I mean, why wouldn't you? You know, I mean, okay, there's a point where it can become obnoxious if for every single second you're like, li, 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 it's like, shut the fuck up. That's too much. But some of it is like, yeah, I think he's, you know, find a different way. Maybe your, my style is not yours and it only would piss you off or piss the other person off, in which case, obviously, that's not the right style. But like, Find a style that's yours, that let people know you really damn care about them, that give them something to feel good about every single day. There's nothing wrong with that. And again... Well, technically there is, because then they will expect the world to be kind and gentle to them at every point of the day, and you have to realize this world is hard, goddammit, and and bad things will happen, and you better fucking get used to it. So you should just... Punch them in the face on a regular Stomp basis because that really would good. like you, toughen you, them up and ready them You're gonna get a limp order. today somehow, anyway. Just, yeah, that's what true love is. I agree. That, you teach them and have them prepared. I'm glad we cleared that up. That's important. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong for telling somebody. I hope you have a good day, or you're doing a good job, or yeah, just build them up a little bit so you can tear them down further <laughs> when the time comes. You get them up high. And, oh, look at them fall. Oh, All right. And I feel that that shit also <laughs> builds trust, you yeah. know, because it's like you, it's so clear in action and words that this person has your back. They are probably less likely to take something the wrong way if they have something to tell you. Whereas like, look, you know, I adore you in 22 different ways. I think the word of you, this one thing I disagree with and here is why. Uh, it's obviously not a critique of you as a person. This is why I disagree with this issue. And, you know, it's less, you're more likely that if this person is constantly on your side and you know it, you're like, okay, this is obviously not a criticism of the core of who I am. Yeah. This is a strategic disagreement over one choice. Okay, let's talk about it. Otherwise, if I'm already like, 
kind of like pushing at you and sort of passive aggressive criticizing you on a semi-regular of course you're gonna have the defenses are gonna come up yeah because they're already up it's waiting like, for the next attack oh there we go again there you this go person, i sorry. knew it exactly mm-hmm friend Stanley Tucci by himself is going to increase Italian tourism on an epic scale. So tell me about it because you shot me an email about it but like it's it's CNN's running it and last night's episode was Sicily which I haven't seen yet yeah but I can't wait because every episode's great but you know of course it was Rome um they did Milan two weeks right. ago which it's fascinating the difference in the climate in the region makes for a difference in the food because oh, yeah. up north yep cattle yep down south wheat yep and it changes everything mm -hmm. but oh my god some of these epic cheese factories that have been going for 600 years yep it's just a delight and it's beautifully photographed the country seems amazing and i've always wanted to go now i want to go so bad i can't even stand it and just the food they eat it's like every other thing he tries is like, oh my God. Man, he I'm, almost loses consciousness because it's all so great. Basically, that show so many times and it never went anywhere. So I'm both delighted that it exists and pissed off that it's not me. Because <laughs> it's. I, well, uh, yeah, well, you know, like I said, as of seven years ago, I was supposed to be on a, a, a monthly tour of the entire. There were 300 airports we were going to do. Yeah. And we wouldn't even be halfway through yet. Right. So I know you, how you feel about that completely. No, but tell me a little, where do you find this? Uh, is a documentary series kind of like Anthony Bourdain? It is exactly thing? like Anthony Bourdain, but um, Stanley Tucci's full Italian and he speaks the language perfectly and he just goes region to region and they'll stop by. I guess this one episode, I can't remember what city it is. I just, it just sort of got twisted in my mind, but it went from the origins of pizza and mm -hmm. like pizza as just sure. a great bread, incredible cheese and a nice tomato sauce in a, in a wood oven. Where do you watch it? CNN's CNN? running it. Huh. Um, we've got Hulu. So somehow on there we get it on demand. Okay. Oh man. They made these giant cream puffs that would look like the size of a melon, just full of whipped cream. Oh yeah. Like, well, we got to have something before we go eat. I was like, Sweet. oh my God. Sweet. And they all tell Tucci, you're too skinny. We're going to fix you before <laughs> it's done. And it's just, and region to region, just fascinating. Oh, and then I found about up in the north, the agency, the, it's the folks that don't want any foreigners in. The league? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Lega Lombarda. Yeah. That's kind of heavy. Oh, yeah. It's been going on for a long time. Yeah. yeah but yeah, that's because they're, they're up next to, you know, the rest of Europe up there. Now, and... here is the funniest part of that all. Uh, Lega Lombarda was born as, a, <clears throat> I mean, not just against foreigners, but also as extremely anti-Southern. Oh, yeah. Like, and the funny thing is that Lega Lombarda is incredibly popular in the South today. Really? And you're like, don't y'all know? Time out. <laughs> what? These guys have been telling you that you guys are scum that don't belong in Italy for the longest. How exactly? That's what I mean about the strange paths to ideology, right? Yeah. Is you can tweak and turn ideological system in the strangest way because it's on the surface is like, wait, these guys think you're scum and you vote for them and you like them. Uh, what gives? 
What's it was fascinating because and I literally knew nothing about it and board uh, Bourdain <laughs> Tucci had been had mentioning it a little bit here and as he got to it and then he had this great meal by this really nice couple of folks and then he kind of pressed them about it and they were very serious. Oh like, yeah, this is our region. We don't want anybody else here. Yep. Yeah. 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 You ain't fixing that. No. No. But I sure go eat. I sure go eat their food with them. What's and the I, name of the region? Is Doringo? Uh, this sort of state that Milan is in? Lombardia. Lombardia, yes. Yeah, Lombardy in English, yeah. Incredible. It's, oh, it's um, just in lakes up there. And, and I think that's what's funny about Italy, too, that the, the kind of uh, ethnic hatred is not Italian, <laughs> not Italian. It's even like, you know, center, <laughs> south, and north. And within the north, you got the places that hate each other. and Because it's... Traditionally, has been a place of extreme localism where, you know, little tiny place, it's its own city state yep, and yep. the town 20 miles away, they are the enemy. Oh, so and completely different in their, yeah, in their takes on everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's pretty funny when you look at it. That's where you realize how silly identity is. Yeah. Because it's like, Italy, where we meant the north, where we meant Milan, where we meant the central part of town. Well, but fuck my neighbor. I'm talking, you know, and it's like, you and see. And those islands, I, they don't even count. No, no, it's pretty funny. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, that's why. I, I can't wait till you check it out because it is just totally enjoyable and it really is about the food more than anything but it's fascinating little snippets about the different you know, just like you said the differences between region to region are exceptionally and i think the food is a perfect example of that because yes, it's like so the, different. they are completely different from one another you know the way you eat in the south is totally different from the north is totally different you know they each region has its own things yeah and they're all fucking amazing. All <laughs> you know? amazing. It's like you eat oh. uh, the spicier tomato-based, the southern salty food, the capers and anchovies. Oh, my fantastic. God. But then you get the prosecutor. They, they yeah. went into, I guess it's where they rest them, or I don't know if they actually smoke them, but... Oh, the prosciutto stuff, yeah, that's There fantastic. must have been yeah. 10,000 dead pigs hanging in there. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Or it's... Um, they're making the balsamic vinegar, and yep. this cask is 800 years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, fascinating and um i think you're gonna love it yeah no that sounds great you know the thing that sucks is uh, i only have netflix really yeah so anything that's not netflix i don't really have any channel or anything or stuff so i need to probably try to figure out a way to hulu is the one we get to get sort of more of the local stuff right instead you can get like a base version and with that you would have cnn on demand okay okay and you you know and all of them usually do them on three we actually um, people have been talking about this Ted Lasso show, and Apple TV has it, and they offered up a free month just to check it out. It's the most delightful TV watching experience I've had maybe ever. Right. It's about a a guy. He's a football American football coach, mid major college team. They won like the tier two championship, and a woman who is divorced her evil husband in in England has the control of the football team they own now. So she hires that guy to come be the coach for English soccer. Wow. And it is delightful. That's awesome. That's, I mean, so well done. I, I think that's one of the things of modern media, that there's so much good stuff out there. There is good but stuff. But it's so spread out all over the place. Yeah, that it's the garbage really, is definitely a bigger pile. Well, there's that. And also, half of the time, I don't know what's what, where, because each one has a different platform. And there's, I mean, it's the same shit that I got from when I was on Luminary. People are like, I don't want another damn thing that I have to pay four bucks a month for. Yeah. Not only for the money, but also for the confusion of it all. It's like... 
there are too many damn platforms. It's like hard to keep track of which one is which. And I get it because I feel that way about a lot of TV stuff. It's oh, like, yeah. oh, this is great, but this is HBO Plus, And this one is Amazon Prime. And this one instead is you only can get it here. And it's just like, I just wanted to watch a show. Can I just pay for that show and be... It's, it's the mega corporations yeah, giving it all up again. It's tricky. It's uh, in some way, I almost think that there will be at some point something that give you a all show card. by show. Yep. Yeah, you can pick from, and the money will go to HBO Plus or to Amazon or to whoever. Or whatever you're into the creators, wouldn't that be nice? That would be even better, but that's not gonna happen. So to have like a central <laughs> portal that allow you to tap into, you know, you can pay a subscription to HBO Plus or whatever that may be. Yeah. Or you can pay a la carte for that one show. And that way you don't have to deal with setting it up and say, no, cancel my subscription. All that shit is like, you just bought one thing. That's it. Um, Isn't it funny how the cable companies are just been wrecked? It's only been like four years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's wild. Maybe more like six, but still. Yeah, or there's a dramatic the transformation thing of the has landscape. Just been trend. Yeah. We're really quick to pick up the new stuff. I, I was watching something the other day that was 12 years old and there were no phones. There were mm -hmm. giant brick phones, there were some flip phones, but the what not. It's just amazing how quick. What is the next 10 you're going to bring? You know what I watched uh, recently? Because Isabella never seen it. I wanted to see it. I watched Back to the Future. Oh, yeah. Which came out, I think it was 1985. Yeah. And uh, it's trippy to think that you know, the whole premise of Back to the Future is this idea of like going back to 1955 and now it's so different and it's crazy and the dif dramatic difference between 1955 and 1985. And then you think about that in years, in chronological years, the gap between 55 and 85 is way smaller than between 85 and today. Yeah. That actually more time has gone by and you're like, whoa that's or the fact where they went into the future and he stole biff's uh or biff stole the copy of the almanac oh yeah yeah that that's actually funny. in our past right that one is funny but yeah it's crazy to uh because yeah when you think about the world of 1985 to the world of today it yeah. is another universe yeah uh, let alone if you go back to 55 let alone is uh if I'm sure many people have watched Back to the Future. If you have never seen it, just if nothing else, it's worth checking out the scene where uh, Michael J. Fox plays Jody Be Good. Uh, th that's one of the most hilarious scenes ever. When he it's, runs to the phone, you gotta hear this. Hey, and, my cousin yeah. Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's like how Chuck Berry discovers Jody. It's hilarious. And, uh, I uh, think I read something recently. Steven Spielberg thought Back to the Future was an unmarketable name. <laughs> and thinking. at some point doesn't michael j fox get in like a bio suit or something and yeah, yeah i'm yeah. an invader from pluto yeah, 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 yeah. spielberg thought invader from pluto would be a better name for that movie than back to the future and wow. actually wrote a document like listing out his reasons why wow so Steven even geniuses spielberg, can't yeah. get them all right yeah jesus <laughs> that's like that's not a bad take that's such a bad take yeah. that's not even it's funny so how bad wrong. it is <laughs> Yeah, wow, that's impressive. That's my limited back to the future knowledge right there. Yeah. And no hoverboards, those should have been here a long time right. ago. But no. I grew like in the 70s, I had the Jetsons and we were fully oh, yeah, of course. promised that the flying cars would be here by 2000 at yeah, least. Yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> we can't even have the electric ones yet. So. Yeah. By the way, in case you guys are wondering, our voices are coming slightly filtered because we are, uh, each has been on a extremely work-related active social encounter thing because of his work yeah 
So we are both masked up. We are, you know, outdoors, a full table away distance, but we are masked up. So that may add something to the voices. Just wanted to be sure. I got round two of the vaccine, but man, it kicked my ass. That's what everybody it's, says. Um, I'm hoping for the Johnson & Johnson. I don't know why. Uh, Johnson & Johnson, from what they say, I don't know how accurate that is, seem to be less effective. So but yeah, it's, they it's say one like, shot. If you, if you still do get it, supposedly you get a lesser version. It's not as damaging. That's good. So I'm okay with that. But um, but I hear the second shot, yeah. Yeah, I got Pfizer, which is supposed to be actually slightly milder than Moderna in side effects, but it's uh, round one wasn't too bad. You know, it's uh, definitely very sore arm and definitely, um, what else did I get? Arm sore, I was fairly fatigued, but you know, nothing dramatic. Round two, kick my ass. I got a major headache, backache, wow. uh, stomachache, uh, chills. Uh, I felt like crap. And there's no, there's no live portion of it in there. It's just the... Um, your immune system reacting to it. It's, um, which is what the <clears throat> symptoms are anyway. Lasted about a day or so. Wow. And that was it. So, I mean, I still feel it a little, but I, there was also a component where I'm like, in order to get the vaccine, I had to drive three hours each way. So Ooh. that was not fun. Did so, you go up north? No, I had to go to Long Beach. So, oh, which should be a less than two hour drive, but now traffic has gone back to pre-COVID days. So it's a different story. Did you go to Queen Mary while you were there? No, I was just like, get me on quick. So <laughs> clearly my back was not happy after three hours one way, got the shot, turn around three hours the other way. But, um, but yeah, so that has been intense. That's definitely has been, uh, has kicked my ass, but, um, uh, I hope we can clear it up. It's, um, I guess we had our Saeed interview was the last one we did kind of about a year ago. Oh, wow. That's crazy. It was That's maybe a, a year and a couple like weeks a ago. Long time it feels ago. like a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, it was a week and a half ago that the boys and I went and saw Thundercat at the Will Turn, making jokes out in line. Oh, this is the last concert yeah. we ever go to, and here we are. Yeah. And Gretchen and I watched The Lighthouse, which is a crazy movie last night, but it was a pretty popular one that we never got to. And the thought that we would not go to a movie theater for a year, right, would have been unthinkable. Yeah, of course. Thirteen months ago. Yeah. The last movie we saw was 1917, so we went on a downer. Wow, <laughs> that's rough. <laughs> it's good, but but man. yeah, no, it's been yeah. I can't wait to. I can't wait nice to go to concerts, go to the, movies, go to yeah. the beach, and not worry about things. Restaurants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. No, it would be nice for sure. So what fingers crazy crossed. Year. Let's see what's up. That's all I got. Cool, my man. Thank you very much for making the drive and showing up here. It's and, always um, enjoyable. We have a good time. And I hope everybody enjoys it. Cool. It's a wrap. music means one thing that's the end of another fine episode of the Duncan Towers y'all yay see what I did there I shook it up I, I, I wrapped it up I see what you did I watched the Grammy Awards no, that's coming up next <laughs> uh, anything else we need to throw out there um, Kiwi.org continues to grow Always and it's amazing switch. I mean it's it's literally approaching $200,000 in loans that's crazy
That's I'm from sure y'all. it does help a lot of people. It's helped a lot of people. Yep. That's a fantastic thing. I dig it. I'm going to give myself a little pin when we get to a quarter million. You should. <laughs> give Kimi yourself should, a Kimi little should pin. should send it to me. You should. <laughs> no, that's it. I, you know, I can't think, uh, you know, Daisy House. haven't said them in a little bit, but that, I really think that's iconic to the show. Sure is. So thank you so much for the music. It has always been appreciated, and it continues to be. And with that, we wish you guys a wonderful day. Bye, everybody. Sweet. D-B-O-L-E-L-L-I. Good shit. R-I-C-H-I-M-O-N and the numeral one. And so ends another awesome episode of the Drunken Dows Podcast. Be sure to keep your ears peeled for another mind-expanding episode coming soon. We'll be tweeting you as they come out. You can keep track of Danielli at dbolelli. That's D-B-O-L-E-L-L-I. And you can find me on Twitter at Richimon1. R-I-C-H-I-M-O-N and the numeral one. We'll see you all soon. Woo! No, you don't. In questo caso, in questo caso, le provvidenze di Dio. Duncan showed you the way, huh? Oh man, isn't that scary to think? Nice. So don't kill people, do that instead. <laughs> this was great, fucking awesome. And I love this conversation. I have nothing against chicken other than the fact that they are ugly and weird and strange. We've been yeah, having a great hour nice. here. Dun, dun, dun. Completely got lost. Are we doing the outro or the intro? We're right? outro. Oh, we're outro. Okay, sorry. So that's so. Let's continue. Did you ever see the movie Tombstone with uh, Val Kilmer and uh, uh, your accent? It just whatever that movie is you were trying to tell can me. Can you about, translate for me, please? I believe the word was tombstone. Yeah, that one exactly. <laughs> just as I was saying, you know, Tombstone. <laughs> now, most everybody thought. <coughs> sorry. Well. <coughs> We'll do a cut on there. Or not. That was something else. <laughs> That's a bit too powerful. <laughs> what do I have to do? One day the rod shall teach you. Get back to work. Funky. Podcasting. It's like radio, but you can cuss. I'm 50 now. Can you fucking believe that? <laughs> I was melancholy about it for like a good month. Like, uh... But I think I was more worried about dying at 49. <laughs> <laughs> so making it to 50. Making the 50 is like, fuck it. I think Louis C.K. may be a monster, but he had a great line. No one gives, there's no candlelight vigils for somebody over 50. <laughs> he had his chance. Wow!